Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Grave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. There seems to be, uh, on certain days, there seems to be more excitement than other days. And this seems to be one of those days. Easter, Christ is risen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those, uh, it's one of, Christianity is the only, I don't want to call it religion, but uh, it's the only religion that claims their Savior is risen. We're the only ones that have an empty tomb. Hallelujah. Jesus, uh, so when when he spoke, when he spoke about heaven, he uh, he had the authority. When he spoke about hell, he had the authority. Praise the Lord. Well, (laughs) there is a scripture in John... No, I'm sorry, it's Luke. Luke. It's where the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, and he makes this statement. He says, for with God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. Now, does that still hold true today? Does that hold true with you? Does it apply to you? With God, nothing is impossible. So whatever I say today is possible. All right. Whatever I say today is is possible. Another thought that came to me this morning is you don't want to miss the party. You don't want to miss the party. And I'm not just talking about when we all get to heaven. Uh, when I remember uh, after I got out of the Navy, I was saved before I went in the Navy, but then I kind of uh, had a detour. Anybody know what a detour is? Well, I was four years in the Navy, and uh, about three and a half years of that, I took a detour. About the last six months, the Lord started getting my attention, started pulling me back, and um, he, he began to open my eyes and, and caused me to realize something, that, uh, that, there, that Christianity is not boring. Christianity is not something we just, uh, you know, I'd be really bored if all this was was uh, Sunday morning. I'd really be bored. You know, and uh, some of the greatest things I've seen, so, you know, by blind eye, you know, uh, when I prayed for this lady that had a blind eye and uh, it got healed, I was just as surprised as she was. <laughs> I mean, wow, you, you almost want to ask, are you sure? <laughs> you know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just as human as everybody. Are you sure? <laughs> you know, the ears open. Yeah, are you sure? You know, the party doesn't start when we get to heaven. Right. The party starts now. Amen. You don't want to miss the party. Scripture says that in heaven, uh, you know, in heaven, all heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. Do you know how, do you know that there's a continual party? Yes. Continual party. There's just a continual party in heaven. Do we want to wait until we get there? I believe that we need to have it now. Actually, I have to give you a preface before I get to my message. Because my message was, uh, my message is going to be, if I get there, it's going to be life as God has it. God offers life as he has it, and that life is only available through the resurrection of Jesus. It's only available through the resurrection. And I have to experience that resurrection for me to experience that life, and so do you. So 
what kind of life is the offering? Is the offering a life where, uh, you know, you just study and that's it? Is the offering a life to where uh, you just have to go to church every Sunday? Is that it? No, he's offering a life that he has. God, God radiates life. He, he is eternal life. You know, uh, I've got a, I don't have the whole, I only have, do you ever see that picture? It's actually part of the Sistine Chapel. There's God reaching out his finger and man's reaching out his, limp as it is. You know, and if you saw the whole picture, God's this old guy. But you know, when you have eternal life, you do not, you do not degenerate in any way. You are, you are, you know, Jesus, Jesus is not some old guy. God the Father is not some old guy. He is life. He is eternal life, and he wants to offer life as he has it. So, but the thought that came to me is if you, don't, if you don't have a revelation, if you don't have an idea of what kind of life that he's offering, you might not necessarily want it. Some people want to put it off until just before they die. Well, I got a, got a little thing for you. You don't know when you're going to die. Yeah, I'll just wait until I get a little older. You might not get a little older. I got quiet. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Come on, let's get it back. <laughs> you know, when you die, if you're, if you're in Christ, you're more alive than what you are now. Amen. Just a thought. But the, thought I, but the thought I want to share with you is this. In Psalm uh, 89, verse 15, it says, Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. It says, they will walk in the light. It says, oh God, they will walk in the light of your countenance. Another one says, happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. For they will walk in the light of your presence. They'll walk in the light of your presence. Amplified. Blessed and happy are those who know the joyful sound of the trumpet's blast. They walk, O oh God, in the light and favor of your countenance. Do you know that you can walk in God's favor? Uh, I never was this. <laughs> Did you ever hear, uh, when I was going to school, they, had, uh, they called some people's uh, teacher's pets? I, I was never that. <laughs> yeah, I was never a teacher's pet, but it seemed like the teacher's pet got better treatment from the teacher. Well, you know, God has enough favor to favor all of us. God has enough love to love all of us. God, God, you know, see, we can only think in our own limited capacity, but God has enough favor that each one of you can be his favorite. Yes. Amen. Amen. We ought to be arguing here. I'm God's favorite. He said, no, no, you're not. I'm God's favorite. No, no, you're not. I'm God's favorite. No, we're all God's favorites. We can all be God's favorites because he's got the capacity to do it. There's another scripture, Zephaniah 3.17. It says, the Lord, your, the Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you in his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Now, what kind of mood is God in? Well, you know, some people preach he's in a bad mood. I don't believe that God's in a bad mood with his people. 
He will rest in his love. He will joy or rejoice over you with singing. I, I didn't bring it out, but I have a Bible dictionary, and I looked up the word rejoicing there, and it means to spin about. I don't, you know, when I was 20, I could do it. You know. <laughs> just spin about, just with joy and emotion. Can you see God doing that for you? Because he's excited about you, he's rejoicing over you, he's... You remember when... Uh, you remember when your child just learned how to walk? <laughs> you just clap, oh, you know? I just somebody... You know, I think, I, I don't know if I said this or somebody else, but do you remember when they first learned to go to the toilet yeah. all by themselves? Didn't you? Don't you just get excited about that? You know, I remember when, uh, you know, Joel, Joel was the last one to leave home. Melody was so excited, she celebrated two weeks before he left. <laughs> Two weeks before he got out of the house, she pulled all everything of his out of his room, put it down in the living room, and made his bedroom an office. She was rejoicing. He was growing. He was growing in advance. We are always excited. And then there's that time where they want to come back. Anyway, but. Hallelujah. God's excited about us. He's not just, you know, a lot of, a lot of people think he's just always in a bad mood. And, uh, and one of these days, he's, the tick is going to tick and he's just going to be so mad. He's just going to explode. Do you know that people like that are not in control? <laughs> All right. He will rest in his love. He will joy over you with singing. Psalm 1611, it says, and you shall, uh, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. Do you want life like God has it in his presence is fullness of joy. Now. Is now and ever shall be joy without end. I, that's not the way it goes, but <laughs> joy without end, amen. Uh, it's joy without end. It is eternal. It doesn't fade. Amen. That's what eternal life, that's his resurrection paid for. Yes. He says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, this is speaking about Christ. Jesus. It says, but to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever, a scepter of righteousness, a scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. What kind, what, what kind of anointing oil does he have? It's an anointing oil that makes you glad. It makes you glad. We used to, in the charismatic days, he has made me glad, he has made me glad, I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Uh, hallelujah. I don't want to dwell on this, but I want to mention it. Deuteronomy 28, the first 14 verses talk about the blessing of following then the, rest, uh, then the rest of the 67 verses talk about the curse if you don't. This one has always caught my attention. It says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore, you'll serve your enemies. You know what repent? Repent basically means to change my mind and to come into, th into the thinking that God is thinking. 
Do I, do I, if I have a thought, if, if, if my thinking is that God is just some ogre and, you know, there's no joy in him, there's no life in him, then I need to repent and think about how good he is. How good he is. I have this on my phone. Thank you, Jesus. You know, why? what was the purpose of the cross and the resurrection? It says the Son of God became the Son of Man, so that the sons of God, so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. Mm. I want to read that again. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of what? Of joy. The presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. This is what uh, he says in Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'll just read verse 28. He says, and we know that all things work together for good. He didn't say we know that all things work together for bad. You know, Jesus said something one time. He said, according to your faith, so be it. According to your faith, so be it. Am I seeing God as good or am I just seeing him as empty? Am I seeing him as lifeless? Am I seeing him without joy? Am I seeing him as something, well, you know, just in case there is a heaven, I I better just connect with him every Sunday. No, this life is for now. This life is for now. I just decided a while back, couple of days ago. I think I did. (laughs) I think I did it before. (laughs) I think I did it before, but how many of you know sometimes you forget? When you get to be my age, you forget, and so so then you have to remember it again, but then it's a new thought. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to say it. you know, sometimes you, have you ever been around people and you hear the same story over and sometimes three or four times in the same, same visit? We forget about it and then it's a new thought. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, uh, a couple of days ago I thought of something, but I, I knew I thought about it before. <laughs> But I just decided, either a few days ago or a long time ago, I'm just going to preach what makes me happy. I'm going to preach what I need. You know, I need to be pumped. You know, I'm a high-maintenance guy. I need to be pumped up. I need to be built up. I, You know, I just... I I just need it. I don't know about you. I just need to be built up. You know, I could have been built up yesterday, but I forgot about it. (laughs) So I need, I need a refund. Come on. Come on, Lord. Maybe that's why it says his mercies are new every morning because we forgot about him yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. I got a carrot cake waiting on me, so I'm not going to go long today. <laughs> Melody says, when are you starting your diet? Manana. Manana. <laughs> Means tomorrow. Tomorrow. Starting your diet. Manana. Because I forgot I was doing it yesterday. I'm on a perpetual diet. I just keep forgetting about it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You guys think I'm, uh, I, I'm not making this up. This is, this is my life. 
Thank you, Jesus. But God, God offers, God offers this life, and this life is good, and this life is fulfilling, and this life is abundant. When Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly, it is a life to the fill till it overflows, is continually overflowing. Or do you have another verse for that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Uh, David said, my cup runneth over. It keeps running, it keeps running, it keeps running. There's um, a Jewish tradition that if you, can't, if you come to somebody's house and they, out of courtesy, they offer you a, a glass of wine. If you get a glass and there's only that much in it, <laughs> take your shot and leave. <laughs> but, if you're, but if the cup is filled and it's overflowing, just stay as long as you like. That's what God is saying to David. That's what David is saying in God's presence. The cup is running over. It's continually running. God is saying, I've got more for you. So um, in Luke chapter 22, verse 14, this is right before Jesus is going to the cross. And then, of course, we know three days later, he'll be resurrected. He says, it says, when the hour had come, he sat down with the 12. This is the Last Supper. What we know is the last, so called the Last Supper. It says in verse 15, then he said to them with fervent desire, with fervent desire. You know, he knows he's going to, he knows he's going to suffer. He knows he's going to be whipped. He knows he's going to be ridiculed. He knows he's going going to be mocked, but he says at this point, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. There is a reason he had a fervent desire. It was because he, is, he knows that the old covenant is fading out and the new covenant is coming in. The new covenant is coming. He says, he goes on to say, for I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it, until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus is looking forward to heaven on earth in his kingdom. He's looking for the life that God has it to be manifested in his people, in you. Remember, all things are possible to him that believe. And according to your faith, so be it. According to your faith, it'll be manifested to you. Well, I just don't have the faith for that. Then repent, come out of the basement, and come back to the high place. Reminds me of a song. It's a Christian song, so I don't get excited. (laughs) Remember the song, going up to the high places, going up to the high places, going up to the high places to tear the devil's kingdom down. (laughs) Going up! (laughs) We're going up to the high places. We've got to get out of the basement of of our depressed thinking. Go up to the high places where we belong. Lord, lift me up where we belong. (laughs) Where the eagle flies. Anyway. You know, uh, this has water, hot water in it right now, so don't get excited. But before it had that, it had Jamaica Me Crazy <laughs> with half and half in it. Melody says, you better get another cup of that next week. This is no rise. She, she'll always ask me before I preach, did you have your coffee today? Because you always preach better when you have your coffee. It does, actually. Helps your brain work. 
Glory to God. So anyway, goes on to say, then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it, gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Now, that really answered a big question for me. Have you ever read uh, John chapter 6? Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no part of me. Well, you know, he lost all but, all but the disciples. He, he lost 500 followers with one sermon. And then he says to the guys that are left, do you want to go too? I'd be saying, oh, come on, come on, guys. <laughs> come on, guys, let's stick it out. <laughs> no, Jesus said, do you want to go too? Whoa. You want to go too? He had faith in the kingdom. He had faith in a God with all things are possible. He knew that, oh, that reminds me of another scripture. Do you know that uh, in Hebrews, it talks about for the joy set before him. Yeah. He endured the cross. He knew that cross was only a moment, but the joy, the eternal joy was going to be forever. Yeah. Do you know... Uh, and, and this would probably apply to most of us, but Paul, when he talked about the things he went through, he called them light afflictions. Beaten with rods, whipped, shipwrecked, a night and a day in the deep, thrown in jail. Jail's not too bad if they leave you alone. So how do you know? I was there. <laughs> the only thing I had to hear was the drunks in the other tank. But that was before I committed my life to the Lord. But Jesus saves, doesn't he? Jesus saves. Yes, he does. There was a, do you mind if I just ramble? There was a, a preacher, this was years ago. He was a scoundrel at one time. Anybody know, know what a scoundrel is? He was a scoundrel and uh, he got saved. And he actually became a big preacher. And uh, just before he got up to preach, there was a note on the pulpit and he read it and it said, if you... If you preach, I'm going to get up and tell everybody what you did in your past. He stood there for a moment, and then he started talking about the blood of Jesus and how it redeems, and then he told everybody <laughs> what he did in his past, but he said, the blood of Jesus yes. cleansed me. Amen. See, the blood of Jesus just doesn't cover you, and... Uh, it's just not, but the blood of Jesus removes the guilt of the past. Amen. Yes, God. You know, I still sometimes think of things I've said, some things I've done, and I still cringe, but that's in my flesh. But I don't need to cringe because God is taking care of it. It is removed. Some of you are sitting there like you never did anything. Come on. I mean, you listened, Elton John. What? what? <laughs> I didn't point at anybody. <laughs> I'm a rocket man. Rocket man. Anyway. God is good. So the blood of Jesus cleanses. What? His resurrection... His resurrection is a proof 
that we are not what we used to be. We might think about it. You know, and sometimes, sometimes we might even desire it. But that's my flesh. That's my soul. That's not my spirit. That's my, I'm a new creature in Christ in my spirit. I'm not going to point anybody out, but uh, <laughs> have you ever quit smoking? And uh, you walk by somebody that lights up and you take an extra deep breath. <laughs> you tell you just, I didn't, I didn't even smoke, but when somebody first lights up, it's funny, why is the first, the first part smell good? I mean, is that just my imagination? And it's just my imagination. <laughs> but uh, when, I, when I walk by somebody that first lights up, it's, and I'm not even a smoker, it smells good to me. You ever been around somebody that smoked a pipe? Did anybody think that smelled good? I tried it one time. It didn't work out too well. <laughs> that reminds me of a song. <laughs> Maybe it's just my imagination. You know, because sometimes you hear... I would hear songs and I would think the words were this, but they were totally different. Uh, you, you'll think he needs to get saved. <laughs> but anyway, so Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which was shed for you. So Jesus is, making, Jesus is telling us at this time, I'm desiring this, I'm desiring this Passover because we're shifting out of the old, the old covenant into the new covenant, and you are going to not just have me with you, you're going to have me in you. Yes. You're going to have my life on the inside of you. Throughout the, old, uh, throughout the old covenant, when covenants were made, God and man, there was always a shedding of blood. When Adam and Eve sinned, there was a shedding of the animal blood so that they could be covered. And at that particular point, God promised to send a Savior. He promised to send a Savior. At that particular point, he said, he said that your seed will be at enmity with her seed. You will, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. Yes. I think we're on the winning side. There was a covenant that was made with Noah after, after the flood. There was the shedding of blood. Abraham had a covenant with God. There was the shedding of blood. The Israelites, I like this one. The Israelites instituted a, or the Passover, instituted a covenant with the Israelites by the, pass, by the blood of the Passover lamb. One of the things that I think is a that I think is misinterpreted, you can think whatever you like. But when the blood was put on the doorpost, God passed over the threshold and came in. Therefore the destroyer could not touch them. That's what I believe Passover was. They put the blood, and what? And I don't have time for uh, to explain all this. But when they put the blood on the door, when a new king, when a new king is coming, you put blood. You you offer a sacrifice. You put it on. You you display the blood, and he knows when he comes. He sees that blood that you're willing to make, that you're willing to come under his authority. So when they saw 
when, uh, when, when they put the blood on the doorpost, God crossed over their threshold, came into their home, came into their lives, therefore the death angel couldn't touch them. Why? Because he came that you might have life and life more abundantly. Thank you, Jesus. He says in, uh, in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 20, 26. To me, this is a prophetic scripture pointing to the new covenant. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. In other words, he's taking the hardness of heart out of you and giving you a heart that is tender. Giving you a heart like him that is willing, willing to receive his spirit and his love. You know that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. As we get a new heart, we get a new spirit. And with that spirit comes the love of God on the inside of us. You know, some of you have treasures that are buried and you don't even know they're there. You don't even know they're there. I got a, I got a letter from, some, uh, from somebody, from the state actually. And they said, uh, and this is not just me, it's just veterans. They said, we want to meet with you and we want to honor you but you need your DD-214. I'm thinking, what, what that? <laughs> so anyway, I go into the deep, dark closet <laughs> that we have, and I found, I found in a box all my old Navy records. And I found my DD-214. But without that DD-214, I couldn't have been honored. You think, well, what, how did they honor you? Well, they gave me a pen. You say, whoopee-doo. They gave me a card that I can take that card and get discounts. The biggest thing was they said, this afternoon they're giving veterans free... No... A barbecue sandwich from Mission Barbecue. And I've always wanted to go to Mission Barbecue. <laughs> and they had Kansas City barbecue sauce there. Ooh. I was blessed. Thank God for my DD-214. <laughs> Basically, my DD-214 just said that I was honorably discharged, basically, what it was. But some of you have things buried on the inside of you. Do you know that the Scripture says that the, that, uh, that the manifestation or the gifts of the Spirit are given to everyone for the profit of all? You know that every one of you have a gift of the Spirit that is, if you're not using it, is buried in you. And until you bring it out and start exercising your faith, you'll not, you'll not, you'll not have the... Actually, the benefit goes to other people. Other people are not going to be blessed because you are not... Getting that gift of the Spirit that's on the inside of you, pulling it out of the dark and bringing it into the light. That's life as God has it. Did I, did I, I didn't even read this. Did I tell you to go to Romans chapter 8? Oh, well, maybe I did. I forgot, if I did, if I did, it's a new thought. <laughs> Because I forgot it. Anyway. Earlier. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I read one verse. He says, and we know this, that all things work together for good to those that love God and to those that are called according to his purpose. 
Now, this is where I, where I wanted to get. It says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. The whole purpose of the cross and the resurrection is for you to be just like Jesus. And that doesn't mean just in his character. Of course it means his character. But it also means everything he did, we, uh, we should be likewise doing. You know, spread it around. You know, there's people in this, in this room that have the gift of healing buried. There are people in this room that have the prophetic gift buried. There are people in this room that have a, uh, a deliverance ministry buried. Buried. You know, uh, to get a demon out, you say, come out in the name of Jesus. Sometimes we, I think we need to tell those gifts Come out in the name of Jesus. Be manifested in the name of Jesus. So that Jesus, so that the Jesus that is on the inside of you would be manifest. Well, do you have a scripture, another scripture for that? As he is, so are we in this world. How is Jesus doing right now? You think Jesus is worried right now? That reminds me of a song. <laughs> Have any of you ever heard of the Kingston Trio? Okay. Only the old timers. Well, they, they did a song with a banjo. It takes a worried man to sing a worried song. <laughs> I'm worried now, but I won't be worried long. But Jesus is not worried. He's not worried. He wasn't worried then. He's not worried now as he is. So are we in this world? Why are you worrying? Ooh, did I turn that around? Is Jesus depressed? As he is, so are we in this world. If he's not depressed... You know, the Lord gave me a great illustration, revelation, whatever you want to call it. What is the opposite of depression? Expression. You start to, instead of, instead of going on to the inside of yourself, start speaking it out. Start declaring it. Come out. Let the life of God come out. Let the love of God come out. Let the Spirit of God come out. Thank you, Lord. He says, I'm giving you a new heart. I'm giving you a new spirit. I'm taking out that heart of stone. Uh, another way of putting that is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of your hard head. Has, have you ever been accused of being a hard head? I can't believe you're shaking your head. I'm not going to point to Have you ever been accused of being a... That God wants to take that away from you. He wants to give you that heart. So what... And to me, the, the, soft, the soft heart is the heart that hears the voice of God and does what it says. You say, well, I've never heard God's voice. You probably haven't, just haven't recognized it. Because God just doesn't speak like Cecil B. DeMille. Anybody? I think it's the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments. Take off thy shoes, for thou art on holy ground. <laughs> God's spoken to me a bunch of times, but he never spoke like that. Have you ever had such a good idea and you thought, man, that was a good idea? You thought, I didn't know I knew that. You didn't. 
You didn't. Have you ever had a hunch that worked out? There's just a lot of ways that God communicates to you. He says, I want to take, I want to give you a new heart. I want to give you a new spirit. I want to take that heart, a head of stone, I mean heart of stone, and give you a heart of flesh. He said, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statute and keep my ways and my judgments and do them. Thank you, Jesus. You know, this is a prophetic scripture indicating that God wants to remove the old man and put a new spirit on the inside of you, not just removal and coverage of sin. See, a lot of times we're just so sin-focused You know, God can deal with your sin problem, but if you don't have a renewed mind, you'll just go back and do it again. If you don't tap into that Jesus that's on the inside of you, you'll just go back and do it again. And then you'll go, oh, I got to go repent. This is not a recycling plant. The power of God is is on the inside of you so that you can have victory over those things that try to depress you, try to hold you down, and try to chain you up. I love the scripture where it says, uh, you know, there was Jesus was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and there was a there was a woman that was bent over for years, and everybody was watching him. They were watching him because they wanted to accuse him for healing somebody because he would do it on the Sabbath. And he told, and he brought her forth and he laid hands on her. She was instantly healed. And he said, shouldn't this woman who is a daughter of Abraham be loose from this bondage? Who, who bound? Who Satan bound? I said this last week, Bob, I'll repeat it again. I, you cannot find anywhere in the New Testament where Jesus made anybody sick. That's right. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. We have a God who's risen from the dead. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, Deborah's looking at the clock, so I've got to quit. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's life as God has it. That's what he's offering. Life as God, everything he offered when Jesus was on earth, he's offering now. Well, I believe that stuff and it didn't happen. You know, so what? I preached a sermon in, uh, in Ecuador And the only people that were laughing was the people from America. Because I was telling them of all my failures. I was telling them of when I prayed for people and they would die. And then people didn't want me to pray for them. (laughs) Just the thought. I'd pray for people. For years I prayed for people and nothing happened. But then one day, There was a kid that uh, his head went into a tree, split his skull from here to here. They didn't expect him to live. And they said if he did live, he'd be a vegetable. And so uh, I remember this was on Center Street. Melanie and I parked our car. We were walking down to the storefront and a fireman said, are you you the pastor of that church? (laughs) That church. (laughs) The one on the corner. The storefront. I said, yeah. He said, well, one of your members just got lifeline to uh, Hershey. And it's bad. So anyway. So we held our service. Then went, then Melody and I got in the car and went down. I remember praying on the way down. I said, God... I'm not going to tell you how to do it. 
I'm just going to ask you to do it. And then as soon as I prayed that, I had a peace just come over me. Just a peace. So we get down there, make a long story short, we, we go into the, what is it, they call that pediatric ICU. We went into the pediatric ICU, you know, tubes down the throat and nose and all that sort of thing. And uh, my, me being the man of faith I was, I closed my eyes because <laughs> I didn't want to look at it. I did not want to look at it. And as soon as we started praying, this kid that was paralyzed, couldn't talk, uh, normal brain function would be 10, zero would be brain dead. He was at a three and declining. Instantly went from that three to a 10. And he's, he's starting moving, you know, my lightning fast brain. He's starting to move and he's starting to talk. And in my mind, I'm still praying, but my mind is thinking, I thought they said he was paralyzed. <laughs> That's just what, yeah, it's just my thought process. And all of a sudden, every, the nurses are screaming at us, get out of here. God healed that kid in a second. But you know, the years before that, it never happened. But I, you know, I made, a, uh, I made a commitment to myself a long time ago. I said, I don't care what happens. I'm just going to obey the word. Amen. Just going to obey the word. And, I, and like I've said, I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen ears open. I've seen, I've seen people. I've seen people healed. And it doesn't happen every time. But bless God. I'm glad when it does. You have the life of God on the inside of you too. You can join the party right now. You can say, are you sure? Are you, are you sure you can see? <laughs> you should be, yes, I knew it would happen. No. I was just as excited. I get just as excited. God wants, to, God wants you to manifest that same type of life also. Well, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. For the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. And we thank you that you have come, that we might have life as God has it. And I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I don't care where any person is at this place at this time. I thank you that your voice can reach them and touch their hearts and bring transformation in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I just give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name.